everyone. My name is Michelle McPherson, guest host on the Social Work Me podcast. Here with you for this mini series talking about athlete mental health while performing at the professional level. I had the pleasure of interviewing Jordan Todd, high level hockey player turned holistic health coach. In my interview with Jordan, we chat about his experiences playing junior hockey, including his struggles with disappointment, self critical beliefs, setbacks, and the effects on his mental health. Jordan gets vulnerable and real with his growth and healing after leaving the sport. Uh, Jordan was born and raised in Western Canada, and hockey was his entire life for over 15 years, making it to a high elite level, but ultimately finishing with a bad taste in his mouth after his hockey career had a sour ending. This was the catalyst for everything that came after and Jordan's transition into the world of coaching. After hanging up his skates, he turned his attention to coaching and helping others to reach their potential. He has experience working with athletes and teams from kids to junior hockey teams and current professional players, working with both the physical and mental aspects to reach their true potential and maximize performance. Um, I work with Jordan and his uh, training program, the 023 Holistic Lifestyle Systems um, with his partner, Brian Costello, um, a program that helps fitness coaches go beyond fitness and exercise to better serve their clients. I loved the energy, expertise, and experience that Jordan brought to our conversation. So let's get into it. How does that make you feel? Don't social work me. <laughs> awesome. Let's get into it. So I'm Michelle here at Southwest Counseling on the PERFORM side, and I'm here with Jordan Todd. I'm very excited to jump into our conversation today, um, talking about Jordan's experience in the sport, um, talking about from the athlete perspective and now in a world of coaching, um, talking about athlete mental health and continuing our series talking about positive aspects of mental health um, as it relates to the sport, but also the challenges, the pressures, and everything that comes along with performing at the elite level. Um, so welcome, Jordan. I'm so pumped to chat. Yeah, thank you for having me, Michelle. This is something that uh, is very close to my heart. And when you reached out to uh, to hop on and make this happen, it was really excited. So I'm glad we're on here and diving into it. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will just jump into it. I have some questions and some things I want to know. Um, we have a bit of familiarity as I uh, went through Jordan's uh, 023 Holistic Systems program that uh, Jordan and Brian Costello have crafted. Um, so I am a big fan, Jordan. I love all of the work that you do. Um, I know that it comes from a place of experience and I can't wait to pick your brain and uh, gather some more insight. Mm -hmm. Yeah, me as well. Uh, so maybe you could give a bit of a rundown of your experience in the sport. So as I know, um, you played uh, elite level hockey and then transitioned after that to CrossFit. Um, so jump in and, and fill me in on your experiences going yeah. way back. Yeah, I'll just to give the, the rundown of you know, who I am and how I got here and everything. Like Michelle said, I was a hockey player growing up. I, I grew up in Kelowna, BC, Canada, so out west, uh, Western Canada, and was playing hockey from the time I could remember, you know, from the time I was old enough to, to be on skates and everything. And from there on, hockey was my life for the next 15 years and uh, lots of, uh, of ups and downs through that process. But it was just something I loved and had such a passion for. And then just walking through that journey is that, you know, I ended up 
getting pretty good at it, uh, you know, rising to the tops of certain levels and everything. And then I would say my career peaked, you know, I was about 14, 15. I was, uh, you know, a bit of a big fish in a bit of a smaller pond at that point, but things were, were really peaking. And then from there going into the, you know, junior ranks and, uh, and like Michelle was saying, you know, I ended up playing junior hockey for almost three seasons and the whole time having the aspirations of, you know, college hockey, professional hockey, whatever was coming after that. And, and junior was really when this, you know, what we're going to be talking about today was really started to become uh, apparent for me. And so, you know, junior hockey, where we're getting into, it's, you know, a high enough level where this is your life. You know, you are basically acting and treating as professionals, you know, I can paid like it, but uh, you know, you're acting like professionals in this sport and there's a lot that comes with that. And so, you know, throughout my time, throughout my journey, um, you know, I certainly did not make it to the NHL. I, you know, did not play pro hockey or anything of that lines, but uh, was playing at a very high level and, you know, really navigating the ups and downs and the uh, the mental struggles that can come with the sport. And, you know, following that was something that, uh, you know, led out of hockey eventually into, you know, the more the world of CrossFit to the world of coaching, which all happened very organically and through uh, some also, yeah, very organic um, processes got involved with a, a life coach, a therapist working in, in that capacity for myself, uh, which I'm sure we'll get into how it led to that. But uh, that was really what sparked this idea and this mission of wanting to be able to spread the mental health and mental performance for athletes out going forward, because the nature of my work presently is coaching development of humans in different capacities and uh, an athlete development, both from a you know mental health standpoint, but also just from a performance of the mental side is something that I'm very passionate about. So it's a quick rundown of, of me, who I am at this point and excited to, to dig into it a little further. Oh, that's great. And yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said there's obviously positive aspects as you performed and exciting things that you accomplished, um, but it, it's not without struggle and sacrifice and discipline um, and mental toughness. So over your career as an athlete, so um, going through the ranks in hockey and then into the world of CrossFit, what have been some of your most memorable standout moments as it relates to your mental health, like positive experiences that shaped who you are, your identity? Um, yeah, just things that you look back and think they really filled your cup or fulfilled you as it relates to performing in the sport. Yeah. And so I'll mainly speak through the lens of my hockey career, just because post-career, I'm a very recreational athlete at this point. Uh, you know, I like to compete, but nothing, it's not to do or die or anything like that at this point. So talking back through the hockey uh, lens, this was, was an interesting one because thinking back on it and with what I know now, I would certainly call it a net negative experience for my mental health through the, uh, the lens of high level sports. And so as I was thinking of all the positive uh, um, circumstances, the positive things that came of it, all of them were really linked to success or external achievement that I had, which were great in the moment, you know, you know, winning championships, uh, having, you know, scoring titles, being the quote unquote best on a team or something like that, scoring a big goal, all of these times that in the moment feel really good. And at the time I would have been like, yes, this is what's, this is what I need more of to have a quote unquote healthy mental health. But in hindsight, those were all just very comparison-based, external-based things that were what led down the path of the demise that was my mental health through, uh, you know, the, the sport lens and then, you know, especially transitioning out of that afterwards. So there were positive things, but they were quite external and they were quite circumstantial that it's like you're always chasing the next one and they always leave you feeling like you're still not enough. And so talking about positive overall experiences, I think from the, the positive 
or sorry, from the performance aspect, it's something that is actually just a few tiers down the rung, which is why it sometimes isn't a, <laughs> you don't leave it in a, um, you don't do it to better your mental health, which is why I think there's some, some challenges in the environment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think you, you framed it well in saying that the external validation looking to chase the next um, thing, it, it can be consuming and it can really do a number on your mental health and your sense of self if you're not achieving or um, there's critical components either coming from within or your coach or other players, community, family. Um, in those challenges, Jordan, what stands out as things that you had to um, overcome? Um, is it louder, would you say, the internal voices? Was it the external voices, the critical comments from others? What was harder for you? Oh, it was a hundred percent the internal. Mm. Yeah. The internal environment and um, the external was there. And, you know, those were things that were dictating circumstances, but it was ultimately how I talked to myself. Mm -hmm. That was the hardest thing to orient because how I talked to myself during those days was not, was not great. And, and the challenges that I was facing was really just around navigating failure, navigating rejection around this like identity shift that goes from being the core, the best in my area to being on a team where now I'm at, like at the bottom of that totem pole mm-hmm. and navigating like, you know, the identity shift that comes with that. And something that's, you know, kind of to relate back to the last question is that in these high performance environments, performance is number one, like performance is at the, the, the top of the pyramid. It's about how can I you know, reach my absolute potential in this sport? And I'll worry about my mental health later. Uh, and, and that's something that as I've been reflecting and thinking about how I can contribute back to this, um, this community going forward, that is still true. I believe that like performance is the, the number one at these aspects mm-hmm. and you can consciously sacrifice this at times. But the thing that I'm at least passionate about at this point is a doing that consciously mm-hmm. and, and not having it be something that, that you're doing unconsciously so that when, you know, the time is up or when, you know, things go about, you at least still have the tools. You're just intentionally using them in certain areas. So yeah, I would say the biggest challenges for me were, you know, what, like, how do I feel about myself when, you know, I'm getting healthy scratched when, you know, I make one mistake and I'm not getting a shift for the rest of the game when, you know, I'm not getting the praise externally that I used to that would really kind of um, keep me elevated myself, my sense of self elevated. And how do I, you know, function as a person when those things are, are, are going on and, you know, how do I keep performing ultimately for myself? This was a big part of my demise in my career was mm-hmm. not knowing how to handle these things. Mm-hmm. And, and really, you know, my again mental health was, was really struggling, but also my performance went way down and, and they're definitely linked together. So those are some of the big challenges that I was facing during that time. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. Do you think that there's space for both to exist, performing at that elite level? And you you kind of said that performance is end all be all, and mental health gets parked because it can't be attended to while you're training, logging the number of hours at the rink, um, going to the camps, doing the skills training. Can you? Do you think both can exist, and or is there all of these? sacrifices like parking your mental health and attending to it maybe at the end of your hockey career or whatever sport you're playing um 
What do you think? Give me some insight on that. 100%. And that's where, um, to clarify the, the, the way I was t- describing that, I don't believe it needs to be parked. I don't believe it's something that has to be yeah. sacrificed for the greater good. I just believe that from, from our perspective now, like you and I as um, coaches, as people who work with athletes, we need to remember that if this is something where like, oh, we'll help you improve your mental health, but you might lose 5% of performance, they're not going to do it. Mm-hmm. And, and that's where it needs to come from a performance first standpoint. And this is where I, you know, I've worked with hockey teams. I've worked with athletes in the past on call it mental performance. And there's a lot of parallel with this stuff. And so it's something that in conjunction can come together because a happy, confident, um, secure athlete is someone who is going to be able to go out and perform to their absolute best coming from that place of scarcity of I'm not enough of I'm going to do this so that I can feel okay about myself and not get yelled at or whatever it is you're never going to be able to play your absolute best and reach your max potential from that place. So they certainly do go hand in hand and it doesn't have to be that one has to be sacrificed. Yes. I, yeah. It's the truth. We can't be operating from that, that place. It's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So what were some of your challenging experiences thinking back in your hockey career? Um, things that, you reflect on now as the big moments that affected your mental health in an unfortunate way. Um, what your perspectives are about that now, maybe. Um, and what would your advice be for anyone that's going through similar? Because it's, yeah, there's a lot of sacrifices, a lot of discipline, a lot of um, even parts of your life at that time, um, you want to be hanging out with your friends and you have to, um, go to practice or you're missing out on certain relationships or other things. So, uh, maybe giving some insight into some moments that stand out. Yeah. Yeah. And also just on the last point you're talking there, everyone talks like, Oh, junior hockey, like it's the easiest life. You must like, you have no problems. How bad can it be? And there is an aspect to that. Like talking specifically about the, the junior ranks, it's a blast. There's a lot of fun. Like, you, you know, you're not working, you're not going to school, you're not, <laughs> but there's a lot of challenge that comes with it. There's a lot of sacrifice, there's a lot of structure, there's a lot of giving things up that you might want to do also, but you, you can't because you are dedicated fully to this. And so talking about for me, the biggest ones were all the stuff I was talking about being the, as being the biggest catalyst to get to where I am today in terms of um, having coaches, let's just say, mislead me, um, you know, maybe tell, you know, tell me something that didn't end up coming to fruition, um, you know, having to deal with not playing when I wanted to be playing having to deal with the insecurity and the thoughts and the feelings and everything that came up around these situations, because it's something that's at this point, I've you know definitely reframed the meaning to be one of the biggest turning points for my life to get to where I am today. Because in that time, I thought I just needed to achieve more and then I'd be happy. It's like, if I was on the first line, I'd be happy. If I was scoring goals, if I had a, you know, did one scholarship, I'd be happy. When in reality, when you get the one thing, you just keep chasing the next thing. Mm-hmm. And in this case, you know, like, would I have still liked to play college hockey? Sure. I think if something could have gone out that direction, but it's taught me the ability to accept for reality, accept reality for what it is, mm-hmm. uh, look at what's going on, take into account what I can control and then focus on that. And, and ultimately that's what I was not doing in that time. I was focusing on everything outside my control, how my coach was a jerk and wasn't playing me things weren't fair. I wasn't getting my shot, all of these things. 
that in reality just weren't true. Like I was making it mean that I was attaching to that to this point where every area of my life that I'm thankful for that I have going for me, so to speak right now can be related back to what I learned in that spot. Because if I didn't learn it there, I, you know, likely would have just kept going through the entirety of my life, that same frame. And, and so for that, I'm so happy and grateful for the challenges that it presented me with for the opportunity to grow into who I am today. And, you know, ultimately be sitting here talking with you. Yeah. Yeah. It's when the one door opens another or one door closes, one opens. And in the moment when your sights are set on a certain destination, we put blinders on and we forget about the process. We forget about the growth. We forget about all of the things that we're doing in the present moment. Um, and we don't want to wish away time either, right? These are great moments in your life and great experiences, great exposure. Um, what are some of the challenges you see in present day athletes? So in your work with athletes now, um, teams or individuals, what are you seeing as kind of crises or mental health challenges um, and different themes emerging? Mm -hmm. So what, yeah, what I, I certainly see in this space, a lot of what I, I saw myself and, you know, thinking about back when I was in the locker room um, through the lens I have now, as well as, yeah, with the teams that I work with and the athletes I work with, some of the things that the challenges are just extreme comparison, um, a hyper obsession with results and not that, you know, wanting good things is a problem, but wanting them right now and needing them in this moment. Uh, there's like a fear of making mistakes, um, you know, only focused on the outcomes and not necessarily the process of how we get there. And then ultimately through that entire, through the entirety of all that as an athlete, just trying to figure out who you are as a person and, and what's going on. Because typically when we're talking junior hockey range, that 16 to 20, there's a lot of life going on at that time that is, that is, is different as well. And so what I see are people who have potential to do more than they are, but this overthinking, this um, overstressing about things <laughs> leads to a lack of performance and then a, a challenging just living scenario of what's going on. And, and both of which are things that I'm really passionate about helping athletes, uh, you know, develop and, and grow in different ways for. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I love working with uh, athletes and providing some support on the mental health um, realm. Uh, but hearing it from you who's lived it, I, I take away a lot of, of great things. So thank you. Mm -hmm. um, were you ever living away from home? Were you ever living with a billet family? Or were you traveling, um, needing to be out of your area for long periods of time? See, that's one I can't uh, relate to. I actually played in my hometown. Mm -hmm. And so I you know, managed to live at home from, from that side. So I, I was never living in a billet house or, or around, but certainly saw that dynamic going on mm -hmm. um, throughout my days. Yeah. Yeah. Just interesting concept when you talk about uh, there's so much life happening and there's life happening and travel happening and uh, exposure, which is wonderful, but also, yeah, getting outside of your comfort zone and sometimes getting out of your family home. So mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. I didn't know that. So, so thanks yeah. for hearing that. Um, what is the best advice modeling or support you received um, in your time playing junior hockey and anyone that stands out or specific moments that you were, uh, yeah, given some support that was instrumental in your, in your process. Yeah. And this was one, when you, you sent this question over, it was actually interesting. It got me thinking about it. And frankly, I would say I actually didn't really have one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, particularly in the way that, you know, we're talking now where all you see and all you tend to look up to are the people who just perform well. <laughs> like the, the, the role models are the ones who can score the most goals. Those are the people who tend to be the, the role models, regardless of like the actions and behaviors and the modeling that get there. Like certainly you see people that you look up to like, yeah, they work really hard and they go in and that's one aspect we can take from them. Or someone is like, yes, they're a really good teammate to their person for this reason. And okay, that's great there. But they were all very like external things that you saw doing that and less of like personality, like character traits driving that. And, and thinking back, like I can, I can certainly think of like one or two people who I've, you know, come across path with past paths with that, um, were the type of person I wanted to be around, but the culture is so challenging in that it's set in its ways a little bit that it's hard for someone to like for one person on a team to really step out and be that kind of difference maker in this area because of just the nature of it, Mm -hmm. because of the way that the system, so to speak, is, is really structured, which is a big part about why I'm passionate about my, you know, being in my position now where I can relate to that. I have been where they are and can talk about it from that place of experience and, and hopefully being able to be that model for, for someone going forward in you know, a similar position to see like, okay, maybe there is a different way, you know, it doesn't have to be like this and, and there is something else to it. So, yeah. Would you mean like the system that you're talking about, is it that everyone's competing for that top spot that everyone wants to be scouted? Everyone wants to be um, perceived as the best player. So you're kind of climbing on each other's backs to get noticed. Is that what you mean? There's that aspect, which that part in, because we're talking competition now and competition mm-hmm. is always going to have the competitive aspect. There's like, you know, I want the best for you. And I hope, you know, I want to beat you. It's like, mm-hmm. I want you to do well, just not better than me. And, uh, and, and there's, there's that aspect, which will always be there in any kind of competitive environment, specifically in like, it's a team sport mm-hmm. where everyone still wants to go to another level mm-hmm. and, and they still want to play over top of each other. But I think it's more so we'll call it like the, the hockey culture but i think we can also call it like you know you can probably put into a bunch of sports and football baseball like i have friends in different sports and it's all very similar of this like fake masculine type energy where it's like we we all want to fit in but we all want to look quote-unquote cool and no one wants to be the outcast and and everyone wants to you know there's a certain image that i'm sure you can can put together like what the stereotypical hockey player is and it's not like that but there are pieces that are (laughs) And, uh, and there are pieces that, that fit into that mold and it's just, everyone is looking to, to fit this way. And then it also comes down to, there's like a coaching aspect of how to, uh, how do coaches, um, work with players when say they make a mistake in a game, it's like, are you bashed for that? Or are you encouraged for like, trying something? And obviously there's times and places, and this is a much deeper conversation into, to all of those areas, but it's, it's just the culture that gets set that can provide challenges for, for people to be able to, um, thrive and break out into it. And it's, it's really interesting because in this time and in getting into some of this work afterwards, I, I'm still connected and close with a lot of guys I played with. And it's funny. I thought I was the only one going through this mm-hmm. when I was playing. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. oh, I'm on the fourth line, all this stuff. I'm the only one feeling insecure and not good about myself and like scared of like, what's going to happen, uncertain about the future, all this stuff. And then I talked to my friends who are like, you know, on the opposite end of that spectrum, like some of the top guys. And they're like, no, I felt that too. Mm-hmm. They're like, we were all going through the same thing. And then we all, we can all laugh about it now. It's like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> why were we all, why were we all feeling like that? But pretending that we were too cool to talk about it. And, uh, and that's, what's coming around. I'm like, let's normalize this topic a little bit and just, just discuss it. It doesn't need to be, you know, um, 
we don't need to be like all up in our emotions every day at practice and stuff. You can still be quote unquote hard in this, this game and be real with what's actually happening uh, because it's happening for everybody. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Whether it's the machismo, the, you know, um, not wanting to uh, feel weak or, or whatever that status is. Yeah. I think there's a lot of benefit in the shared experience of the challenge of that. You are all in it together in the sense that not many people can relate to where you're at. Not many people can say, I know what it's like to give my like whole body, whole self, whole focus to the sport. Um, so opening up amongst each other, being a little vulnerable to say, this is what I'm going through. I think it can only benefit the team because then um, maybe your fellow player is going to notice where you're at and be that person to um, draw you back into a, a better headspace. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. I think getting more comfortable talking, you're right. Emotions might need to be um, uh, managed so that you can perform, that you can stay dialed in, that you can do what you need to do. Um, but also being human and being a teen, young adult. Um, so thanks for sharing your experience. Um, I'm sorry to hear that you didn't have a standout kind of moment, um, but now in your work and that, you know, our passion here at Southwest working with athletes and high performers is not forgetting that the mental health existing um, in the sport um, uh, yeah, I want to really just make the sport a healthy place for individuals to go through and change the way that the systems have operated in the past mm -hmm. um, that have led to long-term mental health experiences for those that have graduated, left the sport, uh, whether on their own terms or because of an injury or because of other external things. Um, yeah, I want to keep having these discussions to normalize mental health um, among athletes and, and really, yeah, keep, Definitely. keep the conversation going. Keep the conversation going for sure. Uh, the next one's a shout out an O two three question, yeah. um, from the O two three playbook. Um, I'm interested in, in talking to athletes, coaches, high performers, um, in the foundation for, uh, food, sleep, movement, and mindset, uh, shout out O two three holistic systems. Mm -hmm. Love it. What do you feel presently? knowing that you're involved in many worlds, Jordan, um, what is the easiest for you to dial in and sink your teeth into in, in those domains? And what are you finding to be the most challenging? What's uh, needing some extra attention or love for you right now? Yeah, they, they all ebb and flow a, a lot for sure. Like depending on different areas of life, I've been fortunate to dive into each area very deeply uh, at some time or another, but right now I would say, probably mindset is actually the easiest for me. Uh, mindset is the one that is, feels the most within my control. I can always control the way that I'm viewing the world, the way that I'm viewing my circumstances. And that one generally feels, feels pretty good right now. I would say the one that's most challenging is sleep. Um, I prioritize my sleep a ton and I still get, you know, decent, but life's busy right now. And it's not even a matter of like, um, I have too much going on. I don't have time, but it's like, I don't want to go to bed. I have you know, more stuff I want to be up doing. And so it's, uh, it's a bit of a challenge for that one. But yeah, I would say mindset's the easiest and sleep is the one I'm, uh, I would be struggling with the most right now. Oh, thanks for uh, sharing that. Yeah, feel free to kind of chat about what you're up to right now. So what are the things that are on your plate that you're working with? 
Yeah. Yeah. Well, just to uh, touch real quick on what you were talking about there, obviously, 023 Holistic Systems. Uh, that's the the main um, uh, main area that I put my effort into uh, these days. And you know what we do, we actually work with fitness coaches, practitioners, um, basically anyone who works in a coach-client-doctor relationship type of, of setting. And we help them connect the physical aspect of health to the mental, emotional, even spiritual aspects without leaving their profession. You know, it's being able to help in this holistic view in uh, going beyond just um, segmenting different areas and trying to find success in one area, we work to find complete success in the entirety of life. And, uh, and so it's something we found success with doing ourselves and, and are passionate now about um, providing that same education, same tools and skills to other coaches, other people out in the world to be able to deliver that to the people they work with and, and continue the ripple out. So that's where the, the main efforts of my, my work are. And then from there, there's always, you know, a couple little things on the go on the side or just things going on in my brain of, of where I'm um, excited about uh, contributing or, or putting things towards. But that's certainly the, the main focus right now is getting this out to more people and, uh, and getting more than just physically fit um, because there's a lot more to health than just that. So absolutely. I love the 023 platform, Jordan. I will uh, speak the praises. Going through the level one was so insightful knowing that I'm not coming from a primarily fitness coach background, that um, my work in social work includes that of mind body practices. Um, but the 023, the other 23 hours, I think that puts everyone in the driver's seat of their life to say, um, you do this one hour of fitness or you do this one hour in my case of therapy or mind body practices here. What does the landscape of the rest of your week look like? How are you integrating these concepts? Or is there room for a further exploration, further intention setting? Um, and I, yeah, I, I think that it's wonderful. The, the program that you guys put together, mm, so you. applicable for those um, athletes, coaches, high performers, those in the field of social work health, those in the, the medical world, because we're all working in our own way, recognizing that if we look at the different holistic pieces, there's so much to be gained, mm. right? Um, I talked about this in my, my last series with Carolyn Prevo, just that everyone's doing the same skills, training camps, drills, exercises, hiring uh, trainers with expertise, working with practitioners on, on the body mechanics, on all of those things. This is where we want to really do a deep dive into mental health mindset. Um, yeah, mental totally. performance, because there's so many things that can make you uh, set apart from the rest. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, I love the the food sleep movement mindset. I love all of the work that you guys do. So keep up the oh well, well thank you. And actually, just to, to share something on the last point because you mentioned like everyone does the training camps. Everyone goes and they do they work out hard. They they have all the skills coaches and stuff. There's a a bit of a model that I, I use when I talk about this stuff. Basically, there's like the intersection of your potential, but then your execution. Because just to talk about my experience with all of that, I was someone who always felt like I had more potential. And in the moment, I could never execute. It was, uh, I was like, I would over, I would grip my stick too tight, how they kind of say and stuff. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I couldn't, and I could never figure out why. And so I use, a, I have a bit of a model that I've created where it's basically like uh, your potential is like, yes, you practice your your shot, you practice your skating, all these things. This is the potential that you have to express. And we want to increase that to wherever it is. But if you're only reaching, if you're only executing on 50% of your potential, increasing your potential isn't actually going to make a difference. 
you can get stronger, you can get faster, you can get all these things. You're not going to access that if you're not executing. And the execution is something that, um, funny enough, now in my present day, I'm, I feel like I'm maxing out my execution in every area of my life. My potential is a little lower in different, in different areas, but, um, but the execution is great. But if you can learn to execute, which comes uh, around with all the stuff we were just talking about, that's why food, sleep, movement, and mindset are important. Um, particularly when we start talking into the mental performance side, it's like, how are you orienting yourself in this, this environment? So that when the quote unquote pressure is on, you can reach your potential. And, uh, and that's something where I see being the really lowest hanging fruit for so many athletes out there is, uh, is how can we execute based on the potential we've generated in the moment that matters it's uh, in, in these times coming around. So I just wanted to throw that out. It's something I, I love sharing and talking about of how can we orient and create our internal environment so we can actually maximize on the potential we've spent so much effort creating instead of, you know, ending your career like me and being like, I had so much potential. Why didn't it ever work out? And not and having to spend, you know, years and years digging in to kind of figure it out. So. Uh, totally. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for, for sharing that. I also think, you know, you talk about your career demise, Jordan, using those words and kind of the end of your career, but you've launched to do so many incredible things that, that, the springboard of, of what maybe didn't come into fruition in hockey just led to, to such wonderful post hockey experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, the mindset piece, of course, I have to come in and say, let's shift the language around the demise. It was like the springboard. It was the launching point. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and, and that's, uh, I, I should say the demise of the hockey career, which, oh. which very much was the best thing that's ever happened to me. Mm-hmm. Um, 100% with no question of a doubt that it, uh, it was, and it was a springboard that launched me into where I was. And I mean, this is, uh, probably beyond the uh, conversation of this podcast necessarily, but the transition out of hockey into real life or what's next was one that rocked my boat big time. And mm-hmm. it was not an easy one, but in hindsight, it's like, that's the, that was 100% the springboard onto bigger, better things that mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very grateful to have been able to experience. Let's go there a little bit. Okay. So I think if, you know, if we're talking about the end of the sport, kind of relating to grief and loss, because it's part, part that's ending, there's some finality. Um, Sometimes there's closure, sometimes there's not. Sometimes you end um, being content with the way that things were. I would say that's rare, but, or there's an injury or other things that are left unresolved. So how did you manage the conclusion of your time in hockey? Do you feel like you're still grieving that loss? Do you feel that, you know, tell me about those experiences and how you had to work through the end of that era. Mm-hmm. So to yeah, just give a quick context of how it, um, how it went. Also, I'm glad that we're diving into this. Thank you for asking. It's uh, I basically had the opportunity to go back and play another year of junior. Um, you know, I could have played my, my 20 year old season and I made the choice not to. Uh, so technically I could have kept going and on the surface, like I quit. It wasn't like I, uh, it wasn't like I got cut and couldn't keep going, but that's essentially what I did to myself. I cut myself um, before I gave the opportunity to do that. And so that was how it went out and immediately shifted directly into coaching CrossFit, coaching fitness and latching into that. So it's something that working through therapy, realizing I didn't actually grieve that loss until multiple years later. 
it was something where I just looked to take the energy and attention I put into that, trying to put it directly into something else. So I didn't have any space to think about how sad I was mm-hmm. and, and how hard that was to go through because regardless of how it ends, like that was something I dedicated fi- like 15, 20 years of my life to mm-hmm. where it's like every single day, my sole purpose of getting up and like doing like working hard at whatever I did was for that sport. And then basically in an instant, in, you know, a few month period, it's like, it went from uh, playing to not playing. And I mean, I still remember actually like the moments of like, I knew I wasn't coming back the next season. Basically, I pretty much made that up in my mind. Like my last game, like walking out of the tunnel for the last time and being like, this is it, man. Mm-hmm. And uh, I still almost low, low goosebump thinking about that. Mm-hmm. And um, the time after is like, it's really hard mm-hmm. and it's, it's okay for it to be hard. Because like, this is something that, yeah, you gave everything you had to. And there's, uh, there's certainly life on the other side. And it's okay to grieve through that process of trying to figure out what's next. Because, you know, particularly in the sport world and all this, not only do we not get taught how to separate our identity from the game, we're actually almost praised for wrapping our entire identity up in the game. And so when that part's gone, it's like, who am I? at like a deep fundamental level, like what is good about me? Mm-hmm. And I couldn't answer that question for a long time. And, uh, and, and that was, that was obviously really challenging. And it showed up in a lot of issues in my life between like never being content or happy in relationships, um, struggling with uh, uh, like you know, even the gym I was coaching at the areas I was working. It's like, I was always looking for other people to blame for my you know lack of fulfillment. When in reality, it was still this big piece that was going on that I just never really dealt with. It's like, that's there, dude. You got it. Like, let's deal with that. Let's look at it. And yes, it's hard. Yes. It's going to be uncertain about what the future holds and it's necessary. And, uh, and that's what I've been so fortunate to have some amazing teachers to, to work with through the, the last few years last yeah, which really since, since hockey ended and, um, and get me to a spot where I can confidently say that like, yeah, Jordan Todd, the hockey player was just one chapter. And, uh, and, you know, Jordan Todd, the human is, uh, it, you know, worth, uh, a worthy person just for being me. And, and that's the process that went through. So it was certainly a very challenging time and, um, and one that takes some support and it's, you know, it's okay to be challenged and okay to be tough, but there is something on the other side for sure. Yeah. Thank you. That life after sport, when sports were life and uh, yeah, redefining who you are after that, because I, I don't think it's always, um, something that can be thought about when you're in it because there is no other, there's no room for that. There's mm-hmm. performing to the capacity, to the end goal, the things that you're, you're working towards. You can't be thinking about life after because that will impede the, mm-hmm. the now. Um, but it, it needs to be in the periphery somewhere or exactly. um, yeah. yeah. Hearing from other people who've experienced that. Yeah. And even just on, on that as well, I guess, to talk about what um, I might do differently going back would be to put a little bit less stock in the external validation and what's going on outside. It's like really taking a look back at like me and myself in these moments. Am I happy with how I'm performing right now? And performing meaning like relative to my potential to what I can do. Mm-hmm. Am I happy with the effort that I'm putting in? Am I happy with how I am handling these circumstances? And then, you know, the external stuff will come. Some people say good things. Some people say bad things. You might play, you might not play. Those things are outside your control. 
But if I'm focusing on what's in my control, it's it, there's, there's a lot of freedom that comes with that. And a lot of my struggle and challenge that I faced through that time of that period of my life was blaming other people and just being a victim to the circumstances. And, and that's something that's never going to be able to lead you to a fulfilled, happy life when you are the victim to that. So just really assessing, you know, what am I doing? Who am I in this moment as a hockey player? And that's, that's okay, because that is all, that's what I'm putting all of my attention to, but it's not simply a matter of, is the coach playing me? Is he not to determine my entire self-worth, which is a, a challenging one for sure. Yeah. And that, you know, enlightenment reflection that is so huge. And I'm so excited that uh, your words of wisdom are getting disseminated through the podcast to uh, up and coming athletes, those that are going through the same struggles, mm-hmm. um, but giving some hope because what you have done in spite of adversity post sport, having to grow through and go through those um, darker times, because um, it's, it's part of it. It's like that, the let down experience of okay what now yeah yeah and, and one of my my favorite quotes is uh, a mentor of mine's talking about right now is he says like challenge and adversity can either beat strength into you or beat strength out of you <laughs> and so in these environments there's a lot of challenge a lot of adversity that goes on and I had the strength beaten out of me I had none left I had nothing and I know people always talk about sports and high levels and all this stuff. It's like, oh, it helps you develop into a great person because of the adversity it presents you with. But your frame of the world and your frame of how you see yourself and you, how you see that adversity will determine whether that actually helps you create a life of fulfillment and something you can move towards or if it just beats you down. And, uh, and you know, the adversity is the same, but how you uh, respond to it can be very different. And, and that's where, yeah, there certainly is a, a, a way. There certainly isn't um, something that doesn't involve feeling crappy all the time. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it is possible. Oh, thanks, Jordan. Thanks for going there and, and mm-hmm. doing the deep dive into that, that time in your life. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, some great reflection. Um, I have another question regarding mm-hmm. uh, sports performance. Um, even the work that you're doing now in training so many people and being involved in all of these programs, um, how do you remain disciplined um, when things get difficult and the circumstances are not optimal? So um, you're in a different time zone. So sleep and adjusting to that and you're traveling, you're trying to keep fitness, food, sleep, mm-hmm. movement mindset, mm-hmm. keep all rolling uh, well. How, how do you stay disciplined, motivated, focused, knowing that this is something that has to be crafted and revisited? So how, how do you stay on top of that? Yeah. Well, first off, I would say is like, I'm not perfect. It's, uh, no, no, I'm not, I know it's hard to believe, but it, uh, I still, there's still ups and downs and things in this nature. But the big thing with that, that I would say I've, um, been really working on developing the muscle of is I don't judge myself for having it fall off. I don't beat myself up for like, oh man, like how, I can't believe you let this fall off again. Like, you know, the certain things happen and it just comes back to like, what do I want to have happen? What do I need to give up in that scenario? And what is the best action I can take in this moment to move myself towards that? And, uh, you know, am I willing to take that action? And that's it. It's, uh, you know, things go change, things evolve all the time. And, you know, if uh, there's environmental things that are outside your circumstances or outside your control, sorry, the, that are the circumstances. And you can't do anything about that. 
and, you know, talking about, I guess, even with the, through like a sport frame of, you know, you're on the road and, you know, the bus breaks down, you get to the game late, like whatever it is, these things that are, are uh, challenging and throw you for a bit of a loop. It's like, what can you do here? <laughs> and let's focus on, on that only. And really it's just, yeah, like I say, what do we want to do? What do I want to have happen? Sure. There might be some circumstantial, substantial things I'd like to change, but if I can't, then there's no point in dwelling on it. So let's just take action in that direction. And I think the first point of like, yeah, not judging myself, beating myself up, being upset about that. And also not letting my, using it as a, an excuse to let myself off the hook, but it's just be real with it. Like this is happening. So I'm going to make the most of this. And so we talk lots through 023 that there isn't always an optimal choice, mm-hmm. but there's always a best choice. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, there may not be, you know, if you, if you were living in a vacuum, you'd have this optimal choice all the time, but we don't live in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. So what is the best choice I can take in this scenario and, and decide that uh, mm-hmm. as often as I can? Yeah. To maximize happiness or minimize yeah. stress, like that kind of mm-hmm. checks and balances example that you guys use. Yeah. Um, I always laugh. I have an example that I, I can't help but come back to um, the dish sponge. <laughs> we have to dig into this. Yeah. So your situation, you know, traveling, but it's not optimal to not have the dish sponge. Like that's a variable that you control that I just like, I think it's the funniest thing. Oh, that is really funny. Uh, Michelle's referencing on our podcast. Actually, we talked, do you remember what the question was? What's like a life hack or something like that? Yeah. 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 It was talking about a life hack or something. <laughs> and uh, I talked about when I, I, sh- I should say this for, to you and I hope this doesn't burst the bubble. I'm not like packing it to bring on a plane to like go to somewhere else or something. <laughs> but um, that's what I have a, my vision is. We, we that can keep you... that and pretend. But uh, it what started, I went to go dog sit for a friend who just lives in town and I had this little dish sponge and it's the best thing ever. And it's like, if I can bring this with me and make my life better over there, I'm going to do that. <laughs> and uh, you can seem to love that one. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah, again, all of these things that, you know, it, uh, the conditions won't always be optimal. Let's control the variables we can. Yeah. Let's make uh, life as easy as it can be for us, set ourselves up for success, uh, set our dishes up for success. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Awesome. Okay, just one more question to yeah. chat about today. Um, what are you currently learning, reading or training in? What's what's your mind working on right now, Jordan? Yeah. Well, right now from just like a very um, easy answer to that is I'm actually going through a, a life coaching certification right now. Um, it's a, yeah. it's a 200 hour certification through the teacher who uh, I work with myself and she's the most brilliant human I've ever met on the planet. And so this course is, you know, 20 something years of her career into one thing. So I'm like, of course I have to do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the first weekend of it has already blown my mind. So learning into that of developing deeper into the uh, we'll call it like almost mental, emotional uh, side of, of coaching and development for, for people and, um, and you know, help people thrive in that aspect. But for myself personally, where I'm really leaning into is um, areas in which I can continue contributing, which is why, you know, something like this is exciting for me because it's an area in which I'm passionate to, and I, I get lit up about being able to contribute to this environment and then continuing to explore like gratitude and humility for myself. And, uh, and some, you know, there's books and things reading about that, but, um, particularly this also is a sport background of always chasing more, mm-hmm. always wanting the next thing and always wanting to be able to, uh, to being a little bit t- caught up in that of one of the other parts. And that's where the, the, the gratitude and the humility come into play of, you know, having confidence through those aspects and like fulfillment throughout my day to day, but also as an access to the best version of myself. 
because because uh, that's what I'm exploring right now, where it's like physically, like I was mentioning earlier, the execution, I feel like I'm really uh, tapping into um, from that side. But from myself, we'll call it mentally, emotionally, professionally as, as well. I feel like my I'm just scratching the surface at what my potential actually is. And the access to some of that is, is through the execution and everything through gratitude and humility. I really see those being, well, those are my top two values I'm living through right now. And it's, uh, and yeah, exploring how I can express this and help as many people as I can while being the best version of myself, or really as a result of being the best version of myself. So something that we're, we're working on, always exploring, always learning. I love that. Mm. I love that. Thank you so much, Jordan. That's maybe a beautiful way to wrap up our chat today. Uh, thank you for coming on and talking about your experiences. I'm excited to bring that to the rest of the world and uh, share your experiences of the sport and performance. Where can people find you if they want to chat more or connect or um, yeah. the 023 world? Yeah, well, at this point, normally I would say Instagram, but my, Insta my personal Instagram actually got hacked and deleted about two or three months ago. And uh, I've taken, decided to take a break from social media, which has been quite nice. But uh, if anyone wants to reach me, you can reach me through the 023 page. I'm on there. Uh, you can search 023 underscore lifestyle underscore systems. Um, I'm on the back end there. You can check out a little bit what we have going on. You can send a message saying, you know, hey, you're looking for Jordan. Um, or I'll just even just give out my email if anyone wants to actually reach out to me. It's just Jordan, J-O-R-D-A-N, at the letter O, like 023coach.com. Uh, and yeah, send me, send me an email. Always happy to chat. Um, about sport, about uh, performance, about mental health, any of these areas from this lens that we've talked about today. So yeah, that's where you can find me. Perfect. I'll make sure I include that in the show notes. Uh, thank you so much for coming on our Social Work Me podcast, our perform series with athletes, coaches, and those in the, the mental sports performance world. Um, I look forward to chatting once again, Jordan, but uh, as for today, that's, that's it for us. And thanks so much. Right on. Thanks for listening, guys.